Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 15 of the Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network. And there you go. We begin a brand new season of podcasting here on eCardingNews.com. We were able to knock out about 53 podcasts in 2018. Uh, 2019, though, we're going to turn up the wick. The target for David Cole and myself will be to hit that 100 mark. Uh, a lot of new podcasts coming here on the EKN Radio Network. Uh, I launched, of course, our This Week in Carding uh, late last year. We had the inaugural episode of my Book It uh, conversational podcast. We're going to have a roundtable, one working uh, early in, in January. But I thought it'd be really cool to kind of set things up here with uh, a guy that people would like to hear from right now because we're getting ready to roll into the 2019 season and uh, the opening round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series is upon us. And joining us here on the EKN Radio Network today, December 28th, 2018, uh, Mr. Tom Kutcher, the CEO of Supercarts USA himself. And of course, uh, now essentially the, the lead gun with the International Cart Federation. We'll talk IKF karting later in the podcast as well. Before we intro, Tom, let's set up the history of Supercarts USA for those of you who may not know. Obviously, Scusa is an, op, uh, an operation that got rolling in the early 1990s, was focused on kind of outlaw shifter kart racing, uh, people running the Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, you name it. This, of course, rolled into what became a phenom through the late 90s and early 2000s, where gearbox competition became really the top level uh, of wheel-to-wheel karting in North America. Uh, Tom was a racer himself, had a shop called Extreme Karting back in the day in Anaheim, California. Uh, top driver in the G1 class, which uh, was the category for drivers uh, 30 years of age and older, I think 35 years of age and older at that point. Uh, Tom ended up becoming the owner after starting the Pro Kart Ch- uh, Challenge, a regional series in Southern California. Opportunity came, and he had the opportunity to pick up Supercarts USA and did so. And he has essentially moved it to the uh, the very upper echelon of karting in North America, the biggest series, uh, coast to coast, actually the only coast to coast series in North American karting, the pro tour, and now going to the other end of the spectrum, uh, really coming in to kind of pick up the pieces of the international kart federation this year. Of course, the IKF longtime name in karting and essentially the foundation, uh, the grassroots club level racing in our sport. Tom, there's your introduction. We're starting 2019 here in a couple of days. Uh, the Winter Series coming up, Pro Tour coming up. I know there's uh, you don't lift off the throttle much uh, in the Supercarts USA offices, but thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to come online with us here and and lock out one of our uh, industry insiders. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks. I'm really nervous because I'm not good at this stuff, so um, I had to really make some notes and think about it. Notes are good. Uh, yeah, I never know one of these. All right, notes are good. That's fine. Well, okay, so obviously we're going to talk about a lot of stuff going on, and people are, are really interested in where we are right now because t- the bottom line is we're in a transition phase in terms of gearbox racing uh, in North America. It's uh, And it really kind of has been that way to a certain extent since you started, and even since the early 1990s. We're only talking really 25 years of, of real gearbox racing. Uh, there was a time of stability uh, you know, kind of when you took over and brought the stock Honda in before that, you were a shop that spent a lot of money on mod motors. We're talking eight, nine thousand dollar engines back then. I think the, I think the word you use is the Hemis. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of money was spent back then on engines. That's true. I mean, everything, you know, and, and to, uh, 
to to remember it was 35 and up it was the only time i really actually yep. wanted to be older than than younger so i think i got into the carding thing at the uh the age of 30 or so and um wanted to turn 35 so i could run g1 and then of course they you know merley came up with a super g licensing thing that we uh we ran for a while too. So, I mean, you know, back then when I ran, you know, I remember Supernats one year when I came in 30, we had 59 guys in G1. So, I mean, it was, it was a cool series. You know, the, the top shifter pilots were always laughing at us because they would just come to the fans to see who was going to screw somebody up, you know, who's going to take. And that was pretty violent back then, you know, and it's not as, there was a lot of helicopter rides and a lot of visits to the hospital. So, I mean, it made, it made for a little bit different, you know, we didn't email and text each other and Facebook each other before we went out. You know, it was more, it was a different style of, of, of racing, maybe a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, I would agree. I think looking back, there was a, it was a, it was a lot more aggressive. And I think it was pretty hardcore racing. Guys were, weren't really worrying about going to work on Monday. They were worrying about uh, trying to win races for sure. Now, I, I brought it that in because we're talking about the transition of the sport. We've seen those transitions. We went from the mod motor to the stock Honda category, which really stabilized things for a number of years. I think everybody knew early on that sooner or later, there was going to be some supply problems with Honda and HPD providing you know parts for our 1999 and 2001 CR125. That's coming down the pipe. It's not here yet. But your concept was to get out in front of it. Supercarts USA, of course, very uh, really the... Uh, home of stock Honda racing, uh, the rule set, you name it what it is. It's raced everywhere all over the country, but you guys are kind of the home and, and, and the leaders in terms of, of doing the rule book. Now, moving forward, we'll talk a little bit about moving into 2019 because, you know, obviously very exciting for you guys, a brand new engine package coming out, the IAMI SSE 175cc gearbox engine. A lot of work, tons of R&D. You got experts like Lynn Haddock, the, the folks from Tillotson. Man, I just... I'm sure you're just excited, to, and we'll get down to this more, but I'll start by saying I'm sure you're excited to get the darn engine on the racetrack and racing finally. Yeah, Rob, I mean, uh, this is more sentimental than anything else. You know, this, you know, of course, I am he's pushing for me to, to put this thing out there last year, and, and it just didn't have what it took to put my stamp on it as a driver, yeah. as a racer. I've been, I've been driving them in between to see where we're at, and, and that hours and the time and the passion and i mean you know we can go into the details later but man uh we just might have something that is just you know that we're going to talk about in 10 years from now saying tom do you remember that goddamn motor i mean it was <laughs> it's that amazing and for the first time i can tell you i am so i can't even say into words because you're going to be pissed off i'm very very excited about this product now i am that's good. Well, again, uh, you and I have talked throughout the year and how much work you guys have put into it and, and changing this and changing that. And again, we will get to that uh, in our second half of this podcast when we discuss and preview the 2019 season. Before we do that, Tom, let's let's, let's look back at 2018. I, I like doing that first because we're kind of at the end of 2018, going to start the new year. Uh, a lot of success, obviously some trials a bit with the Supercart USA Pro Tour. But you know, first and foremost, I, I want to talk, I think, early on because racecraft was kind of a, a thing that got brought up early. The development of your rate, a race officiating staff, they really improved the way that they were leveraging the video marshalling system. You guys spent a lot of money investment and investing into that video marshalling system. And over the last couple of years, Joe Janowski and his crew really have started to leverage that. Like they're really, I think using it more to its true potential, uh, even, you know, through the start of 2018, but so much even into the end of the year. 
Yeah, I mean, what a lot of people don't understand is what goes in behind the scenes. You know, back when you used to roll with us and we'd all roll together, and it wasn't long ago. I mean, when you come with me driving with RVs and we 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 leave one day to set stuff up and we were racing right on Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, we're rolling in, in in a couple of weeks here on a Sunday afternoon, a week, uh, well, uh, five days before our first practice on a Friday uh, to set up this video, you know, to set up a place for the video, to set up the people. You're now employing anywhere from three to five more people to do this. But, you know, bringing that in, it's changed it and brought it up. Good, bad or other, you know, in the beginning, did we know what we're doing? No, we didn't. And uh, did they figure out areas where we didn't have cameras? Sure, they did. Uh, but, you know, so we bought more. And <laughs> we bought another system. You know, there's only, I think, uh, eight or ten that go to every system. So there's more and more investments in laptops and computers and backups and things like that. But, uh, you know, it took us a year, year and a half to play with this. I think this is going to be our third year into it. Uh, we bought tripods the other day that, I, I mean, a tripod for $800. I mean, that's just it's ridiculous. But that's one. Okay, one yeah. tripod. But that's just to make it convenient so we can go in because we've now been, you know, running around with, you know, big metal uh, tubes and banging them in, banging them out. So uh, it, it's from a standpoint of making it easy, it hasn't been easy, but we're getting there. But it's also stepped up, uh, you know, when people come to you and say, I did this, this, and this, it's really interesting to see when, I won't say any names, but some of these top tuners, you know, they come in, they challenge it. And uh, and they walk out and they just sh shake their head and says, "Man, I, you're right." You know, ninety nine percent of the time, that is the response that we get, right? Because we already have reviewed it before they come in and give us. I, I just tell them it's a donation to two hundred fifty dollars, right? It has to be because it, the funny thing is the investment you had to make, and I've said this before to many people, is is really in reaction to the culture that developed among the tuners who have to fight everything. They're obviously getting paid a lot of money by you know their parents and, and whoever it may be, their, their drivers, and they're expected to go plead their case. Yeah. And the culture of that has got very aggressive. I see it a lot of times, depending on where we are in terms of announcing. And you see the aggression and and you know the language is ridiculous and. And you guys have to have that that fallback, right? The hey, here's the video. I know what you're telling me and what your drivers telling me, but here's the video. Yeah, and you and you mentioned it. It's it, it, or you you nailed it. I mean, yeah, especially when we go to Florida, you know, where where everybody's pulling up with their helicopters, right? I mean, it's it's they're going to challenge everything and everything, even if the tuner believes it's wrong. I've had tuners tell me, hey, I just have to do this, and they just hand over the money. Right. And they look at it, they shake their head and they go back. So, but it stepped it up. They've done their job. I've done my job and, and life goes on. Right. And well, I, I just, just so you know, for the record, yeah. I think we, we raised some the pure numbers anywhere from 12 to $15,000 uh, in that we raised uh, for um, uh, autism. So we, we donated, I think it was, I forget what the final check was, but it was close to $15,000 for autism down in San Diego. So it was pretty neat to take their money. Everybody thinks I go buy beer for it, but it was actually raised and we took all the money straight into autism. So it was a, it was a good deal. Yeah. See, personally, my and I love that. It's a fantastic thing. I, I wish you could have used that money first to, to, to pay for the investment that you made in it yeah. and then turned it into a, a charity thing later on. But I understand it's a, it's I just a, want to prove people wrong, Rob. That yeah, was all, I get it. You, you know I, me better than that. So I was yeah, just like, well, I know. screw yeah. all you guys. I'll take this out of my money. I'm going to donate every single penny to autism because it feels so damn good doing it. 
Yeah, good for you. So, racecraft, of course, one of the things we've talked about, and it was, you know, last year, or the year before, rather, we talked about it being really rough uh, at the Winter Nationals. You made the move to bring in the pushback bumper system. And I'd like to get your feedback because, you know, we I've talked to a lot of people. I watch every race, unlike the tuners in there that watch one race and head back and work on their carts and the parents who watch their only their kid or, mm-hmm. you know, nobody watches all the races but the officials and myself and David Cole, right? That's what yep. we do. Yep. And so I see every start is better. They're just, they're cleaner. They're better. The racing is a lot better. Yeah. There could be some stuff further back in the pack. And there's a lot of pushback penalties that do come back. What are your thoughts overall? Because really it, it has, it, I'll say it's cleaned things up. What are your thoughts on how it's affected Supercarts USA? And, and maybe the, some of the conflicts that you've had to battle with, with parents screaming and yelling about poor racecraft. Um, you know, you know, this year it was better. Last year is why we implemented because it, it was. Yeah. I think since I've been doing it for twenty years, it was it was the worst racing I've seen, and it, it, they just kind of took turns. You know, it went from mini to juniors to I mean, our first race in Homestead in the in the in the seniors. I think that's one of the worst races I've seen in many many years. Right, so they all kind of took turns doing this stuff. Is it something I wanted to do? Hell no. And and from a from the backside of perspective, having three more employees to look at bumpers again. Here we go, right? This so so we're adding more people to do the same thing that we did ten years ago. We're, that's what we're talking about getting there early, and and things have changed so dr- dr- dramatically since ten years ago. Now that we have to do bumpers and videos, right? So back to the bumper side. Do I like it? No, I dislike it. But did it work? Hell yeah, it worked. Will we have to keep on doing it? I think so, because I agree with you. It's just, you know, now, yeah, okay, some, somebody gets brake check, they throw a chain. I get it. I get every story there is. And do I want to see their video? No, I don't want to see their video because I try to explain to them that then I need one more video tent again, you know, and 10 yeah. more people, right? So exactly. it, it is what it is, and, and but it definitely has cleaned it up. And, uh, man, I got some really cute, funny video, too, also from the shifter uh from the KZ race where I didn't touch it and we got him on video, two of the most famous people pulling them out themselves, right? Yeah. I didn't touch it, Thomas, where to God, I didn't touch it. And then you see the video and you're like, you <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I can't even comment on it. But anyway, so good, bad or other, I, I think from, from my perspective, looking down, um, I, I, it really did clean up this, this, the tag group, right? The shit, you know, the X30 group. It, it did clean them up for sure. You know, interesting for me, uh, let's look at some numbers of this year's pro tour. Um, kind of talking about the, the, the history of gearbox racing 25 years, essentially since Supercarts USA got launched in 1993, you know, we, you, there was the initial Scusa promoto tour. Then there was of course the move through conflict and the battle there for the stars of karting. Then there was an yeah. issue there at, uh, and then CKI came in, and then you never knew. You know, then it was, then it was again in 2010, was a chance for Supercarts USA to come back. You know, you launched a program with I think 101 drivers at the first race, the first pro pro tour race ever mm-hmm. at Sonoma. Second race, I think, was 88 drivers. We were in Shawano, Wisconsin. Yeah, remember that. You're looking at nine years now. You're getting ready to go into your tenth year. You stand back, at least I stand back, and I always say I look, I look for stability. Man, this pro tour really. And I think it's great for the top level of the sports, great for the teams, it's great for the industry. You had great numbers again this year, not a fall off at all. You know, you're looking at anywhere between 220 and 240, 250 a weekend. Uh, when you look back at it, obviously X30 Senior, the highlight, tons of racers. 
a little more of a struggle, of course, in the stock Honda category is not a surprise. Um, overall, are you happy? And what would you maybe call a highlight in terms of the numbers of this year? Well, you know, when you, as a promoter, your, your third race, your last race is always the doozy, right? And so yeah. um, in many incidents you've seen through the, the winners tours and the stuff that the third race pro tour, whatever you want to call it, third race always seems to die down. But, you know, I, damn was I wrong because I was going to, I was going to kind of, you know, move it around and get out of Indy. But uh, we show up in Indianapolis and we have almost 260 people and 56 people in a, in a senior, uh, you know, I think one year was 56. And the next one was closer to 60. But, um, you know, and again, we, you know, go to show you how we started them all at the same time. It was just to prove to people that it could be done if the track is the right way, right, which that, that, that place is. But, um, you know, I, I think on the, the X30 and, and the automatic uh it's been it's been good. It's been um, not not massive, you know, growth, but they take turns. You know, micro right now is down. Then mini went up, and then micro and mini are both down now. And juniors flying off the hook. We just, by the way, we sold out for Florida a day or two ago. I had just haven't got it up yet. But of course, junior was the first one to go, and that is the strongest right now. Uh, senior is right behind the senior is always very, very stout at a pro tour, but, uh, those two are the, the two strongest, right? Yeah, most definitely. And it's, it's, well, that's the flow. As you said, you'll see a number of new drivers come in. You have obviously brought micro into the, to the program a couple of years back. And that again, sets the wave of participation into the mini category into X30 junior. Good to hear that, uh, that the class is sold out for the opening winter series race. So, we look back at, at the 2018 Pro Tour again, talking to Tom Kutcher here on the uh, Industry Insider on the EKN Radio Network. Again, my name is Rob Howden. Uh, Tom, let's ha- let's look back right now quickly at the at the 2018 Super Nationals. Uh, you talk to anybody, and it was just they they love the fact that the race returned to the real. If you've been around for 20 years or 22, as it was this year for the the Super Nats, the old guys look back at being out at you know out at the rock pile out at Las Vegas Karting Center, the X-Plex. Man, that was where it all started. But really kind of that spiritual home was when Jim Murley, he and Don Janowski able to bring it into the Rio. And I think that uh, with so many years at the Rio, what, what were your thoughts heading back to the Rio after a couple of years at the Las Vegas Convention Center? You know, having to run the rock pile myself and, and what a – what a challenge that track was compared to, yeah. you know, there's two, there's two tracks out there that get me that, you know, as a fat boy, uh, that, that is just uh, that one. There was something with the back area where you'd go fifth to six and you had to go, you know, you had to just floor it. And it's just like, it didn't make sense in your body that that's what you had to do. Right. And, uh, Pat's acres is another one too. Those two tracks are the ones that I always have had a lot of respect for. And, uh, but moving into the Rio, you know, being able to, be a participant and, you know, win, you know, back then we run, we went team of the year and driver of the year and podium myself. And it was a great year. And I think it was 03 or something like that, but, and, and it's sentimental. I mean, now from the backside, when I got to deal, you know, with these people and, and if people just knew that the politics of, 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 uh, dealing with these people, I mean, when we started the Rio, just example, you know, a beer was $3. It's now $8. So yeah. use that for your track and use that for your expenses too. You know what? I mean, when my rooms are costing me $156, that is my cost when everything is done versus $59 back in the days. Things have changed so drastically, but, but back to, to bringing it back to the Rio 
when I drove up, when we set up, and when I stood around and watched it, it it's very, very uh, close to my heart, and it's definitely home for Supercars USA. Yeah, it was an interesting buzz for sure. I think that uh, you know the Westgate Hotel was a great place for us to be at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Yeah, we got right downtown. Final race was right on the strip across from Circus Circus. Uh, a great track, obviously a massive area for you to build a facility. Then you take your team that you've had for a couple of years designing these racetracks, you bring them back to the Rio and say, all right, this is essentially like going from Glen Helen and motocross to you know Anaheim for Supercross. Let's build a track within this deal. It wasn't quite as technical as it was in years past, but man, because of that, I think the racing was even closer and more competitive, and there was a lot of passing opportunities. You know, it was all live, of course, on the Facebook, uh, Scusa Facebook page, and the numbers were tremendous. People loved the Facebook uh, coverage. But man, Tom, that, the track they laid out, wow, the, the racing was really good. Yeah, it was. I mean, we, we did some, we did a lot of work, and we brought in a lot of, you know, the three same people that we did the last two years, but we used some drones and we used some different techniques and, and, um, you know, it's it's hard to make a, a, a track that's, uh, you know, one weekend it's the Italian food festival, the next weekend they're jumping trucks, and the next weekend they got caterpillar shows, and then we're going to drive a go-kart on top of it. So, you know, behind the scene, what had to happen to, to make it what it is, is, um, I mean, I don't know if you were there, but I looked out one morning, I saw one of those uh, things that you see on the freeway taking up all the asphalt. You know, those things don't 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 come cheap, you know, with a semi and to make everything. We fixed 180 holes is what it said on the invoice, right? Um, just patching with concrete and fixing this to make it smooth so you didn't come in sideways into the turn. But, you know, the layout, the, the time that was spent to this thing, it's – I was super stoked with it. I mean, I, I was really, really happy with it. I drove – probably 67, 80 laps on it myself uh, before everybody came out. And, and I, I really liked it. It was really nice. Do you have a final invoice on uh, on all the work it took to get the track the way you wanted it in terms of grinding? Because I know there was, uh, when I did a track walk, I did a fa- – uh, I think it was uh, – I think I did Facebook, a Facebook Live track walk during the day and pointing out all the work that you guys did at the track. Do you guys have a final total of how much you spent on grinding, on on patching, on on the curbing, everything? Let's see. I just got a phone call for another credit card. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I apologize. I think, for this. No, 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 it's, it's in the 40 to $50,000 range to get the track how I wanted it. That's concrete wow. patching and everything else. But you got to remember, once you bring that little boy out, him, we had to negotiate when he said, I won't surpass $20,000. <laughs> and that was just grinding. Now you got to come back and fix that, right? So yeah. with the con, you know, the concrete guy stayed busy for a couple, three days. So, you know, between, uh, I have to go look at it, but I know it's between 40 and 50,000 somewhere in there is, is, uh, just concrete patching, making it what it, what it was to make it smooth, right? Uh, or as smooth as it gets, right? Yeah, as you can. Uh, so, you step back and you have a look at at the way the the event kind of rolled out. You know, in in terms of paddock, you guys uh, kind of poured up to the top level paddock that that in years past was kind of empty. Had a couple people up there, a couple stragglers. It was full. Um, pretty big numbers across the board in terms of all the categories. You know, maybe M- Mini Swift was down a little bit, as you had said, didn't have the big you know seventy five numbers. But I think one of the things that was interesting, and it it probably speaks to kind of a direction you guys are going to a little bit. 
that's a success of the K100 junior and senior classes. There was a lot of names of, I think, people that probably wouldn't have come out to run X30 junior or X30 senior. Just a, a number of guys that may have been, I don't know, regional racers or guys that were a little bit older maybe were able to put a package together because I think because of the affordability of that engine program. Your thoughts on that? I think it's really cool. You know, I mean, it, it just goes to tell you, I mean, I, again, I'm a shifter guy. So, so, but, but from the other side, if somebody can save money, drive all, you know, half, half the season, put a spark plug in it and be competitive, it, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, just as an example, I don't even know Steve Barrows. I buy trophies from him. Right. Yeah. And I know he's a hell of a shoe and he probably stopped driving, I'm going to guess, 10 years ago, or let's just say seven or eight. And he's doing really well at what he does. But when I saw – I heard his name, and I heard his name, I can't be the same guy, right? And go to find out, you know, he had bought this thing a couple, three, four weeks ago, entered an LAKC race, gone practice, and he won the Supernats on something that was just very basic, and he thought it was just fantastic when I talked to him later, right? So the feedback from the motor – I think it's something, it gives a chance to a guy, um, so many guys that I know of that don't have the budget that, but love to go race the Supernats but can't, and, and, but they want to prove that they have it, and that makes the KA something. And I wanted to bring it to the Supernats to show that it's here to stay, that they can start on the club level, go at the Pro Tour if they want to come to the next level, and the Supernats, of course, be in the highest level. Yeah. And again, remember back in the day, Jim Murley used to call it the U.S. Open of shifter cart racing. It mm-hmm. was about anybody comes, your IKF, your WKA, your SCUSA, whoever you are, uh, come and race. And I think that's always kind of something that, that the Supernats has always been. Now, let us let me ask you this. What about your personal highlights? You, I, I know you, you said you could probably have your mail sent there because you're there for about three weeks, almost a full month. Uh, looking back, are there any personal highlights for you that man man that race was great to watch or just the overall event there's something that you kind of look back at and, and, and put an exclamation point on um no it's more like people usually ask me you know what's your highlight my highlight is is to get out of there to be honest with yeah. you that's the you know but I, I really actually enjoyed two things that i enjoyed is i played a little bit as you saw around with the vip area right and uh it was something I had never done before, but I really, truly, you know, you know the deal, how you come in at Augusta on the 18th hole or the 9th hole, yep. and you come up and everybody's there and they're, you know, they're having dinner and drinks and, and they have the best spot in the house. That's why I created the VIP area. To It was more to bring the people that have supported me all year to bring them in and thank them and to get some ideas for next year where it needs to be. But it was extremely popular from teams to their VIPs and stuff like that. So that was one thing that, that, that I experimented with that went really, really good. Right. And then I think having Lake speed coming in, um, you know, I got a really, really nice email from him and, and that, that means a lot. I'm not big on, on, you know, all these people that I meet, but you know, a guy like that coming in and he truly, thought it was one of the best races he had ever been to. He goes, bringing somebody to a turf where nobody has an advantage. He goes, I, you know how he talks. He goes, I really like that concept, Tom. I really <laughs> yeah. like it. So it was really neat to, 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 to get to know him just a little bit and get to spoil him a little bit in the VIP area. And, you know, so he, but he really, truly enjoyed all the racing and he was really into it. So those two things would be, you know, again, and watching everybody high five and, and really enjoy because it is the supernet. So there's only one, you know, and, and, uh, truly, um, I think that once I'm done, 
again, you know this, and I'll say it to everybody else, guys. The Supernats. It's it's. I only do it because it's a show. It's and it's for the show, and it's for because it's good for the industry, and it's good for the manufacturers, and it's good for our customers because they want to go there. But the amount of work and where it's, it is today, even from where it was ten years ago, like we said, now we have video. Now we have this. We went from sixty people not long ago to about hundred and forty on payroll right now. Wow. So so you know again you know now you got food bills and chefs and I mean it's it's monstrous. So it's it's a show, and we'll just it's a show, and we'll leave it at that. You know that's that's you know that's well. Just well, well, obviously a lot of time that goes into that event and the twenty yeah. second running of the Super Nationals going into the books last November back at the Rio once again, and again looking forward to uh, the twenty third running in two thousand nineteen, folks. This is the fifteenth episode of our Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network. Tom Kutcher from Supercarts USA joining us here today. Stay with us. More to come after this break as we start looking at the 2019 season. Hello, karting fans. This is AJ Myers, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge. The dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Are you done with the cold weather already? And are you ready for the 2019 season to get underway? If you're planning to race with Supercarts USA next year, we have the answer. Spring training is only a few weeks away. The Scusa Winter Series is back for its second season, and AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex is the place to be in January and February. 
The IAMI SSE 175cc gearbox class will be making its debut in Pro and Master Shifter, and all the Pro Tour classes will be on the docket, including Micro and Mini Swift, KA100 Junior and Senior, and X30 Junior, Senior and Master. The popular Briggs 206 Senior and Masters classes are back for 2019, so throw your cart in the back of the truck or into the trailer and escape the winter cold. Registration is open for the first round of the series, which will fire up the 2019 season on the January 11, 12, 13 weekend. You can get all the program's information on supercartsusa.com or register now at motorsportsreg.com. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scusa Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the Mini categories, to the Heron for Taggeries, the Road Rebel for Gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. I'm Jake Craig, and you're listening to the EKN Radio Network. Welcome back to the Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, being joined by Tom Kutcher, the president of Supercarts USA and IKF Karting as well. We'll get more into the IKF and the grassroots effort being put in there later in this podcast. But uh, Tom, we look back at 2018 a little bit. Let's start talking about 2019 because it really starts in, in, as you said, about a week when you guys roll into Homestead to begin the second running of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. A couple of big things happening, of course. Uh, We'll go into it in a second. But first and foremost, the second edition of the Winter Series has this one been any easier to plan? I know I know you put so much effort into the Supernatch. You come up for air for Thanksgiving. Really not a lot of time now. You know, in years past, you didn't have this. You know, March, not even March, May at one point was the first Pro Tour race. February 1st, usually the first California Pro Kart Challenge race. Now you got a winter series, not as much downtime, but the second running of this program. Any easier? Was it kind of a plug and play this year, or did you find it just as difficult? Now, nah, you know something, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm pretty much a loser when it comes to this whole Florida thing because I, I'm just such a wreck coming out of Vegas. And, you know, people think we, you know, go to some island somewhere and buy half the island and stick around for two months and then fly back in. Um, you know, getting ready, I've, I've been. I haven't been coming out with stuff quick enough and, and I'm going to try to better that every year to, you know, to get a little better at it. Um, we were 
trying to try different tracks down there, but the way they do their contracts and the way they do things, it's very different from how we do it. We're usually in charge. We come in, we rent the place and we're in charge uh, down there. They do different things and that's the way it is. So this year we decided to you know stick around homestead and run two different ways, uh, probably to make it easier, but it makes it easier for everybody else too. They can park their stuff there and, and be, be local. Right. So it was pretty popular that they, nobody had to, had to leave. Um, so it's, it's a little bit easier because, you know, Eric knows how we do things and, and, uh, we can come in, we can leave our stuff and come back the second time. That's going to help tremendously because we have two weeks after the Florida winter tour, the second, or excuse me, the, excuse me, the second race we have, um, we have to be in, uh, in Fontana. So it's going to be really, really close in between races, right? As much as we try to push everything apart, a lot of people don't believe it. We might not talk to, to each other, our competitors, but we try to make sure that we have enough time to get to one area, to another area, and then certain tracks. So it, it just takes a long time to get all the schedules in there that everybody has a place to go, right? Well, I, you know, you, you look at the different factions that are involved nowadays. There's, of course, a, a, you know, really one uh, member-owned organization still rolling. That's the WK. Then you've got all the other programs like Supercar USA, which are actual businesses, essentially racing programs. And, yeah, it's, it's always tough to jam things in. Now, Winter Series, uh, you know, getting kicked off uh, January 11th, 12th, and 13th, the first doubleheader weekend. And, and Tom, this is the big one for you. We alluded to it early. We talked a bit about the 175, the SSE shifter motor. It, you get to make your debut. And I, I said earlier, I'm not expecting really a lot for numbers. You'll be able to tell me more, I think, of, of how many guys you're going to get because it's so early in this deal. This is really probably just the primary team saying, hey, we got a couple of drivers and we're going racing. But you must just be thrilled just to be able to get this thing on track and racing. Get it going. Um. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, you know, really what I want to do is I want to see um, – I, I just want to see that checkered flag. I want to see – I want to see the green flag on these on these beasts because it yeah. is – it is it's super exciting. I mean, I've, been, I've been at the track a lot watching this stuff, and um, it, it's uh, watching some of the top drivers. In fact, just the other day, um, Myers and Musgrave, they were just down here practicing together at uh, – at, at the uh, LAKC or, or at Fontana, right? And so was Podboy together with him. It was really neat to just see all of them getting out there and getting it on. And Musgrave would just come in and says, well, let's just go out and beat the track record. And he did. And then the next day he goes, shit, man, I, I think I have another half a second. I'm going to go beat it again. And he did. So, I, you know, the, the motor, the way it's positioned right now, it, it might actually be I'll, – I'll give you the claim here in 30 days, but it might be the, the – well, it, it is going to be the fastest motor out there in production. Period. Well, that's a uh, that's a pretty bold claim. I like it that. We'll see, what we'll see what happens. It is. I mean, right now on the dyno, it is. You know, then again, it depends if you put them at Adams or if if you put them yeah. on a on a one mile track. But right now, horsepower wise, dyno wise, it, it it's looking uh, really really nice. But with that said, it just again having Tillotson, man. I mean, the work. Andrew Tillotson, I don't know how he even speaks to me or takes my phone call, but I mean, we've been at the track and yes, we, you know, we, we, this, we've had issues. Everybody has issues, you know, even so does Toyota when they come out with a new product, right? And that's why it took us two years to get here. But man, what we have right now and how it works together with the motor and how the motor is holding up. I mean, it's, 
I'm really, really, really excited about this. We might have something that, you know, as a shifter cart driver, again, I was up in last week or two weeks ago, we're up in NorCal and we're laying down some laps and, you know, me and Janowski even, and, and he's truly not even G1, he's G2. He was pretty slow. And it, and, wow. and, and, it, and it wore him, you know, it's, you know, it definitely wore him out. But, um, this, uh, this motor, I think is going to breathe, you know, some, some new excitement to, to something, you know, even when the ICC motors came in, we had built uh, Hemi's, like we called it. Then ICC came in, and we were sold a bill of goods that hey, they're going to stay stock, so on and so forth. Well, they didn't. And then uh, by the end, by the time we were done with that program, we had you know the Savard Hemi's, right? That would cost you six, seven thousand dollars, and you had to bring them in from France. So all this stuff has kind of done its done its little little song and dance, and I think a lot of shifter car drivers are burned out on on having the, the, the gizmo and the thing or having that special program to be up front. Um, what I've done with this motor, like I've done with all of our products, which one of the motor builders, you know, said to me uh, a year or two ago that he'd boycott me if I did it. So I did it now. Um, and that's, uh, there's going to be a, a claiming rule. There, every, you're going to claim this motor. There ain't going to be no super, stu- super special Hemi's sitting around. You can claim it and off we go, right? I want this to be pure and I want it to be, you know, not based on money or who you know. So let me clarify. So there'll, there'll be a claim rule on the SSE shifter motor as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Musgrave, Myers, and Wick, the top three in the country right now, they're coming out to play in Florida. Okay. And if anybody wants their motor, you walk up. Bring the cash by the end of the day, and that's your motor. Uh, debut of this engine, of course, at the opening round in Homestead on January 11th, 12th, and 13th. Tom, let's talk a little bit. I'll give you a chance. You, you mentioned it lightly, but but IAMI staff is coming in. Folks from Tilton are coming in. So essentially everybody has put a finger on this motor are going to be there to answer questions and to help out on the debut weekend. Absolutely. Um, we have IAMI's number one mechanic coming in. We have Tillotson's uh, Andrew is coming in, and then we also have our own personal guys that have been working on this stuff for many months. Uh, that are going to be it's going to be a whole team of people helping out because it is different. There is no pilot, there is no main, there is no needle. Yeah, you know, there's all these different things, but it's it's very simple once you get that. There's there's a uh, it's it's pretty easy once you get there. You're not too far off. Let's put it that way. So dialing everybody in, making sure that everybody's on the same, and it's 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 free. So it's it's all there to help out, and and um, that's how we're going to have it at the uh, at starting out at the winter, and then going into the pro tour if we need it to. Well, it's I, just support think, for everybody. It's just it's for everybody, right? No, it's it's to, to, when you're launching a new motor like that and people, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes, of course, on this event because people who run Supercarts USA or have been longtime shifter racers uh, in the Honda package are going to be looking to see how this thing debuts. I, I like that setup and I, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Now, let's let's jump into Pro Tour now. Let's talk about 2019 because, you know, last couple of years, it's been NOLA for the Winter Nationals. We've been, of course, to Phoenix. We did Sonoma. A lot of time, of course, kind of the, the, I guess the kind of home of the summer Nats now, as you kind of mentioned, is Newcastle Motorsports Park. But a couple of new venues for the first time. I want to say, David Cole and I were trying to figure that, this out. Like for the first time, um, you know, there's you guys are going to Southern California. There's never been a pro tour race in Southern California, even though that's where you guys are based. Opening round at Cal Speed. Can you give us some insight onto the decision to move the Winter Nationals to Cal Speed this year? 
Yeah, I, I want to dedicate this to Jerry Brown because he was the one calling it the PKC Pro Tour. So uh, I'm, I thank you for those statements, by the way. Uh, yes, we have not had a, a Pro Tour except for uh, in Northern California. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, there's no uh, there's no secret that me and, you know, me and Niles don't see eye to eye on certain things. But they got a great guy down there, Mike, that just makes sure, you know, he's uh, he should be running for – uh, Senate or maybe even vice president because he <laughs> Mike likes Smith, to, yep. yeah Mike Smith just likes to make sure everybody's happy uh, and then he's a sellout anyway but uh, no <laughs> wow no I'm I'm tell him that no he's been great he's been working with all of us and making sure everybody gets their time and and he's got some nice stuff coming his way and Fontana is 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 back to back races all year right so he's yeah. done what it takes and he's the guy that sat down at the table and made it happen so between him and Musgrave they're like hey. We want a pro tour here, but the the coolest thing is going to be at this track. It's going to be the unveiling of a new track. So you know, everybody the first thing out of you know, as a racer, I don't believe people even say this. They they go, well, why would we go there? Because that's Musgrave's backyard. I'm like, well, okay. So what? Don't we all have a, a backyard? Um, so that comes up quite a bit. But um, we're going to have a whole new track that nobody's been on. Uh, until the day of practice. So it's yes. a whole whole different straightaway. You know where you come in without damn light post is right there. And, you know, we're going to go around it. You don't make a left and then a right, right? It's going to circle around it. So it's a whole different layout, uh, new asphalt, new, you know, new stuff. So we're pretty excited about it. And, yes, it's it's neat to be in California. I mean, I've never been this close to my house before. And not that I want to stay at my house, but um, – we were talking about this, me and Tony, the other day. It's we have now for so many years two East Coast, one West Coast, right? And then the guys were complaining. I said, I got to give the West Coast guys a little bit of love this year, and I would like to do, you know, every other year do the same thing. Hey, you get two, we get two. You get two, we get two, right? And uh, so that's why this came up. And then Utah has been in in um, in, a, in a hoop of trouble, as we all know, and and uh, it, it wasn't safe to sign any papers yet. Until, you know, just a couple of months ago, they said, okay, yeah, you can sign it and it'll be good. So I think those are two nice tracks um, to go to. And it, it brings a little different, um, yeah, a little different blood to it, right? Yeah, the, the variety, I think, is key. You know, in all the talks, Tom, that you and I have had about where to go, you know, there's only – a small list of places that you guys can go now concerning the, the size of your, your event. You've you got, you know, you're 250 plus drivers that just eliminates a lot of racetracks. And that's, yeah. you know, you and I've talked about that. It just does, right. It's just, there's only so many places you can go. I expect Cal speed is going to be tough for you guys to I, fit and, in and there, but absolutely. I, but there's, there's, but yeah. we sat down just so you know, Rob, I'm sorry for interrupting, but that no, was, fine. that was the number one thing. So I sat down with Mike and I said, no, you don't understand. So we are actually, pitting only in what you've seen before there's not a car in there you're not driving in there okay so we've had to change everything we rented the lot not across but behind you know where you drive into into the big infield you know the big bridge right there on the back that is ours that's going to be cars that's going to be rvs so we've had to rent one more lot because we will not fit those people in there so everything you see at the actual track will only be pit spots no RVs, no cars, no nothing. So that's how we fit the 250 in to answer your question, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And like, yeah, there's not many tracks that can fit us. They're, they're yeah. not. That's, so you go back to the Utah Motorsports Complex in Tuella, Utah, for the first time since 2012. Uh, what's the feedback been like from teams talking about that track? Is really, it's 
it's I don't say it's like a temporary track again, but it it's been so long since anything's really run there. It's a fantastic layout, great track. Obviously, the facility can easily handle you guys. Uh, what's the feedback been from your teams to go back to Utah? You know, not so much on the Utah. I haven't heard that much because I think there's a lot of people that in 2012 were drivers are now mechanics, or excuse me, tuners. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of people that actually have not been on this track. So we haven't heard very much about it. Uh, and last but not least, Newcastle, as I said before, kind of becoming the de facto home of the Summer Nationals. I know we talk about moving stuff around, but there's just something about Newcastle, the, the size of it. You'd said that, uh, you know, normally any racing series expects a bit of a drop-off throughout the season. As people kind of fall out of championship contention, you always expect the last race to kind of be the lowest uh, the lowest attended. But there's just such a, a great community of racers around Indiana and, and throughout the Midwest you keep drawing big numbers, like you said, 56 or something like that in X30 senior and the track at a mile long can hold that. It's, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just the track. Obviously the venue's fantastic. They've got the restaurant there. Uh, you know, the Dismores do a great job with hospitality, but they really have been. And, you know, you talk about Mike Smith at Calspe, you know, we can talk about uh, Mike Adams as well at, at Newcastle. Just, it's just a family that really has kind of rolled out the red carpet for you guys. Yeah, it has. I mean, both Mike's uh, have been, you know, those are the two guys that really, truly uh make my job easier because it's you know what can we do how how do we make it better uh th- there's nobody that matches mike adams i mean as long as i've been doing this it, it's i'll come out and i'll say something like hey we got a whole boom here comes a tractor right you know like from the food i mean just such a simple little thing rob you know you you know how we use, you know, we used to cook a lot and we love to cook, right? All of us, right? When we're done, he opens up the kitchen, me and him, we get, you know, pork chops and get stuff and we, we get to cook out of his kitchen for all our staff. We feed our staff at night. We give them a couple beers. It's a family thing. And he stays back there in the RVs. We have a I mean, the whole thing is just, man, it's, it's fabulous. Makes my job super easy. I mean, it really does. So there's there's the schedule, a couple of new racetracks, but let's so let's jump into the meat of the order, and this is kind of interesting. Obviously, you know, class structure, Tom, is something it's 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 probably something you guys are kind of jostling with this year. Maybe one of the more talked about things that throughout the 2019 season, because of this transition from you know the Honda uh, into this into the IME SSE shifter card engine, it's kind of changing things around. Can you talk a little bit about your plans for the 2019 class structure? for the pro tour, you know, I'm, we're seeing pro shifter one pro shifter two, you know, I look at the website, there's a G one class. Yes. And that's all with a one seventy five. Give me your thoughts on, first of all, lay it out for me. Give me your thoughts on kind of the approach for the, for the categories. Well, as we have spoke through the years, you know, we, we wanted to make one shifter class and let them all battle it out. Right. Well, then my, my phone goes ape shit. And all the SU guys are complaining they have no place to go and this and that and this and that. So it's, man, it's an ongoing battle. So this year I just said, you know, all right, so we'll do the, you know, same theory, you know, a two and a one, but we can't call it S1 and S2 because that is really what the Honda was based on. And I don't want to confuse anybody, right? So that's how we just, you know, that's how we came up with it. Um, so the pro shifter and the pro shifter two, uh, is how we came up with that. Now, while we were talking to people, you know, it, it keeps on coming up saying that Honda's dead and Honda's no, that's that's not how we did it. We came up with a new motor based on the day. I think you might even been in my RV when they came in to me and said, "Hey, just an FYI, 
there are things that are starting to you know come off the board and you might want to start looking at different stuff and they propose some maybe different motors and things like that. That's when we started to look, right? And I think that was three years ago, two and a half years yep. ago. So with that said, we're like, okay, let's start looking now so that way we'll perfect it. Um, when we put this whole thing together, you know, I didn't want to run stock moto together with 175. We, you know, for a while we tried four stroke and two stroke together. It just doesn't work. It's like, it brings me back to tag, you know, you know, you need a certain motor for a certain track, right? Yeah, so, very true. So with this said, what I wanted to do is invite as many people as possible and let them dictate what groups they want. So, you know, when I brought, you know, the G1 was just a quick fix for a, an older guy with a lot of horsepower that wants to go race his motor. You know, so I didn't want to call it S4, S4 Masters for right now. So I figured, well, we'll bring the old name back for right now. Uh, and then we'll still have the S4 Masters and Supermasters. So they have a place that's, to go. Yeah, so that's the key there. Like that, that's one thing that people would want to know. You are going to at least offer S4 Master and Supermasters stock Honda still for 2019. Yeah, for 2019 and, and moving on. I mean, Rob, if, if people come to me and say, hey, you know, this is too much, I don't like it, or, I mean, like I got a phone call from a friend the other day and said, well, you know, I hear it's too much. I said, have you driven? He goes, no. I said, well, let me ask you, when I used to race you, too much was what we wanted. What, what are you telling me? Why are you racing then? You know, take up sewing or fishing or some, some shit like that. Um, but the spec Honda is there. Uh, you know, if people like to stay on the spec Honda, and there might be, you know, a lot of, you know, it might be 10, 15 masters that say, I want to run this 175. There might be another 30 to, or so super masters and, and masters that want to keep their S4. Then that's great. Then they have options, right? Uh, true enough. And so essentially for this year being the transition year, you're essentially just saying, hey, guys, here it is. If, if, you, if you still want to run this, it's available. I think Absolutely. Are, and and yeah. I think you, I, I want to clarify that with you and, and t- when we go down to the X30 later too. But the spec Honda class is here. So don't come to me later and say, well, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have nowhere to go. It's here. And, and it's like the stock market. It will dictate what we run. So, you know, if, if three guys show up in this master stock moto and 20 guys show up in, in G1, well, okay, then they've chosen, right? They've spoken. They have spoken. So this could, you know, super masters could be 2020, 2021, as long as there are parts. And there are going to be enough used parts out there as this thing transitions away. They're, you know, S3, S5, I want to keep on Hondas forever as long as I can. So there'll always be a place for used parts. And, you know, a lot of people go, well, now I got to get rid of this thing quick, quick, quick before it's a boat anchor. It's not going to be a boat anchor, right? It's, you know, the, it's still there, right? So you so can- okay. So to clarify that on the, on the pro cart challenge level, you'll still be offering the S3 rookie stock Honda, or let's call it amateur stock Honda. If guys just want to get in and run Honda, as yeah. opposed to getting into the 175. Same with the S5. I actually don't want to, I don't want an S3 guy in, in, a, in the 175 because that, that, that will be a, just not a good outcome. Um, so then so then the stock Honda could then become the de facto uh, amateur shifter card engine. Yeah, could be. Right? Yeah. One thing I pick up as well before we roll down and look into the, uh, the other categories, I know that you had mentioned earlier, and I think a lot of people jumped on it, was that you were considering going to push back bumpers for the shifter card categories next year. Based on what I'm getting on the website, it says not required. So no pushback bumper for shifter carts and Pro Tour? 
No, no pushback okay. for, for that. I mean, as much as if I'll show you that video when we're having a beer one day, it's the f- funniest damn thing you've ever seen. And they didn't, they never touched him. They swear to God. And they're yanking him with a chain, right? Uh, but no, we won't. Uh, <laughs> we won't say names, of course. I get it. I get it. Oh, uh, one is three-time world champion, and one is Supernats winner. But anyway, yeah, uh, no names. Yeah. <laughs> you can do, do your own research on that, folks. Exactly. Um, so, same thing on on your X30 Masters and Supermasters. That's also a Pro Tour class and a PKC class. So they will both be there too. So with, then, I would assume like X30 Master and Supermaster running together on track. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so the Supermaster, same as the S4 Supermaster, 45 years of age and older, uh, just kind of opening up to see if guys want to come and run the Pro Tour. Is that is that kind of the deal? Absolutely. I mean, I had about three, four Supermasters, you know, said I can afford it, I want it, blah, blah, blah. So we're putting it out there. But, again, if you, you know, don't don't email your buddy, say you're coming. If you're not coming, I'm not coming. Because if you don't come, it's not going to be there. So if we, you know, if we get five, seven, ten, you know, that's great. And then we'll build it, right? So it's 45 and up on the Supermasters and, and 30 plus on, on the Masters, on the X30 and, and the other ones too. Right? Last but not least, the addition of KA100 of the Pro Tour. I'm not sure if that's I'm, – I'm, I'm a huge fan of that, but obviously you guys understand there's got to be some feedback from teams that they've got people that want to run that series. So is it junior and senior KA100? Yeah, that's it, junior and senior. Well, you obviously saw some good numbers at uh, at the Super Nationals, so uh, very likely you pull some good numbers there as well. Again, solid solid effort so far. Now, what are your thoughts on the over number, uh, overall number of classes? You know, with the daily schedule, are you going to be jamming some? Not jam. Are you going to put some of these in in a number of them in race in their their own race groups? Yeah. What are your? Well, I mean, we know we can run eight to nine race groups, and that's it. So okay. you know, the pro shifters, you know, it runs with G one. So there's your one group, right? Your uh, okay. your masters and and your masters run together, your uh, and your uh, X thirty masters super masters run together. So that will give you eight to nine run groups, right? So pro shifter one, pro shifter two, like last year S one and S two together, and then you're going to put in the G one category in there as well. For now, you know, and then you, you know, dictate just like you know, we're going to sit down at the end of the day, and then we say, wow, we got forty over here, and we only got ten over here. We might have to change it. I don't think we'll change it, you know, now, but, you know, as we go down the road. But all these should fit in in, in one day without a problem. Okay, I like it. All right, so, uh, while we're looking at 2019, Tom, let's let's move into the Pro Kart Challenge programs because there's some de- development there, some evolution. Let's first talk a, a bit about the Pro Kart Challenge event structure for 2019. You're kind of changing from that Friday, Saturday, which has always been kind of the Pro Kart Challenge signature. It was, man. Back in the days when we just had adults, that's what it was, uh, you know, (laughs) that's when it was easy. Uh, Today, it's really run by, you know, the juniors and and the minis and so on and so forth. We've had a lot of uh, feedback on, you know, a lot of people can't can't pull the – Pull, pull the kid out and have their little teacher sitting there with them in the prevost. So, um, you know, to make it simple, what we're trying to do, we even have a lot of people that, you know, flying in from Oregon and Utah and some other places to run Pro Car Challenge. Uh, what we want to do is it's a Saturday practice, which is, you know, you don't have to be there Saturday practice, but we're trying to do a Saturday practice with a Saturday afternoon qualifying. So, when you qualify then Sunday, we're going to practice. Then we run the heats and the mains, and we try to be done by 3 o'clock, trophied, and they can get on the plane. They can be home by Sunday night. 
Yeah, I hear that. And, and, and that's and that's worked in other areas for sure. It has, you know, and we're, you know, and it's something that, you know, people are, you know, I can't hold them out of school and it's stuff that it's, it's becoming, you know, in, in other countries, this is considered a sport, you know, and, and you actually can get money from the state and so on and so forth or the country. Uh, here it's, you know, you don't even get, you can't even take the day off. I mean, it's not considered a sport at all. And, I, and so that, that's the problem. So there's a lot of kids that are getting themselves uh, in trouble. So we want to try this and, uh, you know, and bring them in on, on a Friday night and, you know, Saturday morning and, and uh, do a Saturday, Sunday program. And, and I think it should uh, help tremendously. One of the things I want to talk about as well when it comes to Pro Car Challenge, and overall I think the SCUSA program, Tom, is there over the last couple of years you guys have really kind of, I think you've been primed and ready to do it. The Pro Tour got stabilized. You were focused, of course, on getting the 175 gearbox engine done. But over the last couple of years, it seems there's been more of a, maybe more of a focus on finally evolving Scusa to where it needs to go in terms of not being just a, you know, a Southern California and Texas series. You know, you needed to kind of get out there. Obviously, one of the big news items that hit the homepage at eCardingNews.com was the launch of the, or let's say relaunch of the Great Lakes Pro Car Challenge. Scusa going back to its kind of roots in the Great Lakes area. In fact, going all the way back to the roots, as Joe Janowski will be the will be the regional director. Uh, was this expansion fast forwarded, maybe similar to what happened with the Winter Series, based on just requests from the customer base? Yeah. Again, I was a little bit. We have talked about this for years, but I actually read it on the. I had not approved of it. To be honest with you, <laughs> so I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna tell you like it is. I appreciate. <laughs> but it. I read it, and what I said was like God. Anyway, and because um, I hadn't laid everything out yet, you know, Joe, I love him to death, but he's quick at the gun. But you know, Dan, who's gonna run it? You know, who's gonna drive that truck? Joe doesn't even know how to drive a truck, right? You know, so I mean, it's it's all these. <laughs> you have to know everybody to. To laugh at it, you know, I'm like, okay, so what's the structure? Who's going to run? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but, yes, it's from requests from, you know, on the East Coast, what we have right now is, is you know, we, we, we come out of uh, Florida, and then there's nothing more else to run. And uh, there's a lot of people that have been asking us to, to open up an East Coast series so they have a place to go based on SCUSA classes, right? And, yeah. and you know, again, we know that it started there, and, and uh, I think the uh, – you know, the support will be, will be decent, you know, and, and again, it's starting from scratch again. And, um, you know, if I look at our, uh, Tony did a spreadsheet on all the racing going on around here. Uh, well, it's just amazing compared to, um, yeah. So, so I think there's enough room for, you know, I mean, again, if you look at, um, if you look at, uh, Coates's, you know, uh, the USPKS? Yeah, the USPKS. I mean, you know, that is the same structure exactly like SCUSA. So, there, you know, you have now, if you go to the teams, it, I just go back to LAKC and Pro Car Challenge as an example. You take Nash, you take Rawls, and you take all these people, and you look at, you, you've seen them, you know, they're doing pretty pretty good uh, compared to a lot of other car shops. I look at success, and, you know, it's because they have a race every two weeks. They got the customer base. You know, some of them are pro cards, Some of them are both. Some of them are LAKC. But they got 12 to 15 guys, and it's healthy. They're healthy. Well, you know, everybody's healthy, right? And and I think there's enough room for that structure of the, you know, like we do for the USPKS and for Supercards USA to, to pretty much be running the same, 
you know, same motor structure and, and so on and so forth to, to be able to, to have every two weeks, you know, for while there's not snow and so on and so forth to have a, another place to go, right? Yeah, the USPKS, only a three-race series. They get kicked off in April and just those three races. So it, not so much USPKS, I think, being any – not competition, but it filling the the Midwest schedule. Mark does have Mark Coates does have his Route 66 series, which is a fantastic regional program. But Absolutely. even the, even the fact that these two programs, both of Mark Coates' programs, are so similar to the to the Supercarts USA Pro Tour lineup, I think the biggest gap you're you're filling, and I'm sure Joe would have said this to you, and you obviously agree with it, is the fact that. If you have racers that are running the, the Scusa shifter card categories, that's where there really is a deficit. There's just simply no place for them to race in the Midwest. And it's, you know, if you're trying to grow your program, you have to have something in the Midwest for these guys to be able to to look at Florida Winter Tour, to look at the Pro Tour, to look at the Supernats. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I get a little, you know, little comments like, wow, you're trying to put me this, you're trying to put me that. No, I'm not. I'm looking, I'm looking out for my own investment, you know, and that's the shift to racing that we don't have. In, in the Midwest, you know, compared to, you know, like, I mean, the Lane, Josh Lane and some of these guys, you know, I mean, there's road racing, but we truly don't have a nice uh, shift to cart, you know, basis right now. And uh, there, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, the SIRA in Indiana is is a good series, but it, it's a street racing program and there's not a ton of shifters there, you know, 125s and 80 cc's, but not the full lineup like you guys have for sure. Now, based on the information <laughs> that you just gave me in terms of you finding out about the Great Lakes series, uh, I, I'm probably not going to ask you to confirm the the class structure at this point. Have you talked? <laughs> have you talked to anybody, or will it, would you no. expect uh, that's the same class uh, as the Pro Tour? That class structure should be <laughs> the class structure should be the same. I mean, that's what we want to base. We yeah. want to base all the scoops off of the same. I was aware of it. We've been talking about it for years. Uh, I just you know needed to you know make a couple of phone calls, rub a couple of backs, scratch a couple of backs. <laughs> And I didn't get a chance to do that until I read it myself. And I said, hey, guys, this stuff that, you know, is supposed to get my approval uh, before uh, before you just let it out there. But, again, um, yeah. Well, it's out there. It is. So, so, it's out right. there. It's going to be good. I mean, I don't mean to. I just wanted to be honest with you. I read it just like you. Well, sometimes it's better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Uh, I think that's what they pulled, both of them. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Folks, talking to Tom Cutcher here from Supercarts USA. Man, a ton of great information already. We're already past the hour mark here. Uh, when we come back, one last bit. We're going to wrap things up with Tom and talk about IKF karting. Uh, it's a, it's been a development that I, that I think has been will eventually be very, very important to Supercarts USA. Very important to, to uh, racing on the West Coast and and potentially even further out. Stick with us, folks. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. This is Jake French, and you are listening to the EKN Radio Network. With the season winding down, it's time to start planning for 2019 and how you're going to take your racing to the next level. For so many race winners and championship winners, that choice was obvious. Joining the Rawlison Performance Group and its staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. We're dedicated to your development, your constant improvement, and your success. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. It's what we do. We win. Our tent is already fully booked for this year's Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas, but we're now reserving spots in our program for the 2019 Supercarts USA Winter Series, the Pro Tour, the Super Nationals, and both the California Pro Car Challenge 
and the Can-Am Karting Challenge. If you're looking forward to 2019 and you want to explode out of the gate to put in the best season of your life, call us to reserve a space under our tent for the Supercarts USA Winter Series. It's been an incredible season at the Rawls Performance Group, and we couldn't be more proud of our drivers and their successes. On the Scusa Pro Tour, we won the S2 Stock Honda Championship and earned Vice Champion honors in S1 Stock Honda, X30 Senior, and X30 Masters. In the California Pro Car Challenge, we won the Mini Swift title, and in the Can-Am Karting Challenge, our drivers were crowned champions in Tag Senior, X30 Junior, and Micro Swift. If you want to fight for championships in 2019, call us. If you want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is the same. Call us at 503-260-4514. For Rawls and Performance Group, we race to win. The Kart Republic has arrived in the USA and it's taking the world by storm. Cartsport North America is North America's exclusive importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis. Cart Republic has been racking up numerous national and international titles across all classes in its inaugural year of competition, including this year's CIK FIA World Championship. The team has arrive and drive seats and support spots available for the SCUSA Winter Series, USPKS, and WK Manufacturers Cup competitions, so call us today to reserve your own winning Cart Republic. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Cartsport also offers driver training and coaching programs, cart service and storage, and full retail sales with the top brands in the sport available in their 6,000-square-foot retail space as well as their online store. Cartsport North America, top-quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Give us a call today at 855-527-8776 or visit us online at cartsportna.com. Le Mans, Daytona, Sebring, the most legendary endurance races in the world where man and machine push the limits of physics in an attempt to beat their competition and the clock. Now you can add the SimCraft 24 Hours of Orlando with USAC Karting to your list of must-attend endurance events. This brand new 24-hour endurance race is taking place on March 29th to 31st at the Orlando Karting Center in Florida. Plus, this is an event you can do in your own kart. There are arrive and drive kart packages available in addition to OEM and bring your own kart options. All entries will receive a fresh Briggs 206 engine package, tires and fuel, and the engine is yours to take home post-race. Do not miss out on the must-attend karting endurance event of 2019. The entry deadline is February 1st, 2019. Go to 24hoursoforlando.com. That's 24 HRS of Orlando.com or the Facebook event page at Facebook slash 24 HRS of Orlando for more information. Hello, karting fans. This is Gabby Chavez, and you're locked into the EKN Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the Industry Insider here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. Thank you so much for tuning in. Fantastic guest to kick off our 2019 podcast schedule, the, the very first podcast of the new year. We're uh, hoping to get about 100 of these podcasts locked in, and, and we thank you for downloading the EKN Radio Network app or, of course, listening on the website at ecardinews.com slash radio. They, the only 24-7, 365 carding radio station worldwide. Talking to Tom Kutcher from Supercarts USA and the International Cart Federation. Tom, you and I uh, talked uh, a couple of years back about uh, what was happening with the IKF. Uh, obviously, you, you and I both kind of talked to, to the, the powers that be at the time, but there was also conversation that you and I had about SCUSA eventually needing to develop that grassroots level of the pyramid. You know, you guys had that middle level, the regional level with the ProCart Challenge, uh, the assorted ProCart Challenge programs, Can-Am and Texas as well. You had the Pro Tour, which is the very top, you know, that top 5 to 10% of the racers, top of the pyramid. But somehow down the line, you guys were going to need to eventually make the move into club racing, grassroots racing to be able to build, you know, to extend your platform to the bottom of the pyramid, the foundation of our sport. Um, all, for all intents and purposes, you kind of came to the rescue of the IKF. It, it was at a point where it wasn't going to last much longer. Uh, just the way the thing was kind of set up, it needed someone to come in and kind of take care of it. And if 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 only to preserve the history. Uh, you guys did that. You stepped in. You know, you, you know, you spent some money on it, and you you guys are now essentially the you've acquired the IKF program uh, that was a while back but you guys have making some moves Let, can, can you talk a little bit about your overall thoughts when you look back at 2018 and the addition of ikf to the portfolio yeah was it 18 that we got it or was it end of 17 that we got? i think end of 17 probably right yeah. yeah something like that you know i mean and again I, I got a couple of couple of guys in the midwest that cussed me out because i haven't come out with this that and the other and, and uh, i get it but what they don't understand, and I try to explain this to people, you know this, but, you know, I've been talking to the ICAF, and, and actually I've been volunteering and helping them and sitting in meetings and try to, to steer them the right way, of, you know, to, to try to do business the right way. But it uh, it, it was just the way it was going to go, and and uh, it went down quick. So, I mean, pretty much what it came down to is they had a, a four-year lease in front of them, and, and they only had so much in their bank account, and it was not much. And they just didn't have, you know, it was all volunteers, and, and the lady that worked there was going to retire, and it, it just had it all over the, the walls. But it was more of a something that came down within about a, a one-week thing. So I, I need it now. And then, as you know, when you acquire something, you got to get lawyers involved, and you got to get – they had a lawyer, and then I have to get a lawyer, and the lawyers got to talk their talk, and so you just sit around waiting for them. I, I don't care what they say. Just say it's okay, and then let's go, right? I never read it. That's his. That's their department. But that's how this thing went down. So here I find myself, end of seventeen, I think, end of December of seventeen, with this IKF, you know, in front of me. So when eighteen comes around, I pretty much told all the clubs, you know, take the membership money, use it for something good, give it back to the driver, let me wrap my hands around this thing because it's going to take me a while to do. Uh, with that said, um, you know, we're getting closer and closer. Um, I'm really digging it. You know, just so you know, um, I acquired it only for one reason, and that was to make sure that the, the Screaming Eagle and the Duffy uh, and, you know, what is this, 1957 or 1958, the IKF, you know, it is the oldest organization in the world, right? So with that said, 
uh, that means a lot to me, man. It really was. And am I going to break it down? Is it going to become Scusa? No, it's not. You know, if people don't understand that, you know, well, you, you got your hands in too much shit. What's too much shit? You know, if, if, if we don't have a great Briggs, K.A., whatever you want to yell at, whatever it is in that area, um, we're never going to get, you know, if we get 10% of the people coming into a pro card LAKC and then 3% of that goes into a pro tour, we're not, we're not feeding, you know, the whole entire, you know, carding community. we got to be strong on the bottom. And for the last flipping six, seven years, they've been weak. Ever since St. Hours left IKF, it's been weak, right? Yeah. And, and so has, I don't have to mention any other names, but the, the one on the other side, they've been weak. They float with 80 to 100 people. They have enough to make it for the next month or two. Uh, but there's no, I mean, where you just go, wow, this is badass, 400 people. So there's a lot of stuff that's going into You're going to see a lot of new regions, a lot of new blood, a lot of new cool things. I ain't taking a penny out of this company. It actually doesn't have a penny. So I'm just spending money to make it into what I believe it needs to be, where it's fun to go, have a barbecue, race your Briggs, your KA, whatever the whatever you know makes you know float your boat, and make it simple, make it fun, and then it's gonna you know from there on there's gonna be you know national you know right now there's no memberships right I'm letting them use the rule books for free all the clubs the carding guys are not paying any members uh, any membership at all. For the next two years. So it's just, you know, it's, it's everybody sits down and criticizes, okay, well, show me where I'm making any money. I'm not making money because on the other side, yes, okay, so I make money on the tires. But lo and behold, um, I think this is the way to build it. You know, we got six or eight new ones coming up uh, here in the next couple of months. And uh, a lot of excitement, you know, putting everybody on the same program, also having, you know, a national computer system with points where everybody, you're kind of racing each other, you go out and do your thing, but you're kind of racing each other, you know, for points, you know, through the years. You know, we, we kicked off with, uh, you know, the Texas, you know, um, one was canceled, the national event. And the Grand Nationals. Yeah, the Grand, the Grand Nationals was, yeah. was canceled. You know, here suddenly I, I'm looking up vendors, trying to find, you know, get – Screaming Eagles and, and, and stuff like that, which I don't know where the hell you get them. They didn't give me all that stuff. So by the time I got around to it and got these things and, you know, we all ran down there. We had 150 to 160 people and we pulled it off with maybe 60 days or so. Um, it was really, really neat, you know, and it was cool and it was club racing, you know, and it, at its best, you know. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. This year we're going to try to build up the Northwest. And we are going up with an IKF. It's going to be the IKF. You might as well hear it here. It's going to be the IKF Northwest region. It's not a six and it's not a seven. It's not an eight. It's the IKF Northwest region. We're now going to have NorCal, SoCal, Northwest. And now we have Texas and it's just going to keep on going. And then we're going to go back to, you know, shootouts and nationals and things like that on a club level and where we can, you know, where the clubs are making some money. My job, I've been semi-successful at what I do. If I can sit down with a club and show them how to put some money in their, you know, in their pocket, when I say in their pockets, in the club, right? And we're now that people are getting better trophies and they get, you know, set of tires and they're getting certain things that never received before. Then I've done my job. Is that kind of the mandate for what you believe that uh, you want ICAF to provide, at least for this, you know, the foreseeable future? And that's some guidance and some structure. Is that kind of what you're trying to do? Providing something to the club like that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't how do I put this? Um, 
you know, volunteers are great, and I appreciate all the volunteers. Great. Got that out of, out of the way. But, you know, I have a team of, you know, just who's sitting with me, like, right here on the computer to put this thing together, and they go through all, you know, that's Tony. He runs all the computers, makes sure everything, all the video, all – I mean, having a professional marketing team, Rob, that, you know – getting together with you, Chris, Tony, and everybody else, how we do press releases, how we do, you know, before the – I mean, they try their best, but, damn, there's not too many people knowing what's going on, points. You know, there's just showing them how to to take it to the next level. I mean, when we started this thing, you remember this. I mean, if we made a right, you knew we made a right. If we made a left, everybody knew we made a left. It was so much shit that people, like, take me off your damn emails because – you're telling us too much stuff, that, but it's bombardeering them, you know, just with more and more information, right? And I think, you know, helping helping people, helping these clubs to be successful is, is they need more help on marketing and help. You know, I can help them with a lot of things like I'm going to help my teams with, you know, you know, different regions are going to go. They're going to get free entries to the, to the Grand Nats with tires. I mean, really cool stuff that I can do. So uh, there's obviously obviously connection between Scusa and the IKF in terms of sprint karting, right? Because it's you guys have regional and pro. You, as you said, it'll be separate, but there's a good you know there's a good connection between the two. Is the current ideology? It sounds like you guys are talking about the fact that you're going down to the lowest common denominator. You know, here's what we can do for you guys at this point, and you're kind of just restructuring the IKF. You're kind of getting it going again. Is that kind of the feeling? You mentioned guys in the Midwest being pissed off at you, and I'm assuming I'm going to assume that you're talking about maybe guys that were part of the IKF's road race or speedway dirt program. Yeah, we're wondering if they're, if they're left left out in the cold because you're for the most part a sprint program. Is there? Correct. I know dirt. I know dirt oval stuff is not your not something you've done before. I've done it a lot. Is is there going to be? Are you still going to bring those guys to the fold? Absolutely. But what I need to do is I need to hire somebody that knows what that is that lives that life that can help them out too, right? Yeah. I, I know what I'm doing on the sprint side. I do not know, know, do not know on the dirt side what I'm doing, and that's why I haven't come up with anything. I wanted to a- attack the item that I knew, which is, is the sprint racing, right? And we're, we're yeah, totally no get, getting a part of that. Then I got you know, to hire somebody or find somebody that can take part of that, right? So you mentioned the 2018 Grand Nationals, working with the the guys at the KPX program and able to put a great race on and, and just, you know, you were able to, to get that first one in. The Screaming Eagles went out. The Duffies went out. A lot of happy people. Um, you focus solely on the Briggs 206 and KA100 programs for that particular event. Do you see those two categories, the 206 and, and the KA, kind of being the – the core backbone of, of what you're going to push forward with IKF, or is there an opportunity to bring in the Yamaha or whatever another category, whatever maybe a series already has as a local option? And there could be definitely, definitely local option is good. You know, if you, if you take, uh, well, you take Dismore as an example, you know, they got a strong Yamaha contingency and, and, and around that area, there's no reason why that can't not be brought in. But uh, those are the two, two uh, big ones that I see really, really growing. The KA, I mean, I can just tell you in, in I'm going to say sell, I can't call it giveaway, but um, I just see and look in the numbers what we have sold here this year in our first year, and it's beat next 30 and many by far, by far, by far. Uh, uh, okay. uh, almost almost doubled. <laughs> okay, last but not least, let's talk about, um, before we wrap things up, let's talk about uh, 2019 
Sprint Grand Nationals. Any any opportunity? Can you, can you kind of give us a hint on where we're going, the date and location? Yep. Chris Aker says, as long as I bring a couple bottles of wine, he says we can run it at Pat's Acres. We're going to Pat's Acres. Hell yeah. See, see that I, now. See, I want to race that race. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's and you mentioned it earlier. That's a tough racetrack. Yeah. And so, all right. So there you go, folks. You heard it here. Uh, it's Sprint Grand Nationals for 2019 for the IKF. Going to Pat's Acres. Do you know when we're talking about? It? Is it August, September? Yeah, I'll give that to you. Let me look it up real quick. It's uh, have a look. Yeah, I think it's uh, we got Lancaster end of September. I believe it's two weekends before, but I'll give you the exact date. Okay. Uh, the Grands will be. 2021, somewhere right there. Yeah. So that's the, probably the week before Lancaster then? Yep. The week before right. Lancaster. So that is 21, 22, I believe that is. Great stuff. Of September. All right. All right. Let's wrap this thing up, Tom. You know what? We, we talked about the, the pro tour before, I, before we kind of shut things down. One of the things that you know, people always look for, I think, when it comes to the pro tour winter series is the prize package you guys are going to bring out. I know that you guys announced a, an unbelievable prize package uh, and you know, not not talking about stuff that's not real. It's just you guys went hardcore on product and everybody getting product for the Winter Series. Can you give us some insights? Are you ready to talk about it all? I know it hasn't been released yet, but where are you guys for the Pro Tour prize package? The Pro Tour package is probably a day or two away for the final. I got to get it approved. But um, we did $79,000 in product and for the uh, 78757 is what it says on the computer here. Uh, so $80,000 is what we did at uh, for just the winter. Uh, we're definitely going to match that and then some. Um, so there'll be some really incredible pricing, uh, price packages uh, available um, to, it's going to definitely super, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to supersede it if I get it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm looking at this guy, this number, and I'm just going, son of a bitch. Um, So it's really exciting. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. I'm trying something different. And, you know, Rob, you know. How so? How so? How so what? How how did how, how what's different? What are you doing differently? Uh, so, well, just giving a lot of. I'm trying to I'm trying to pry it out of here. <laughs> I'm throwing it on the wall. I'm just going to make sure it doesn't fall down because I sent it up to the, the totem pole to to a couple of my 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 sponsors, and they, usually they answer me within three to five minutes, and they haven't answered me for twenty four right. hours. So <laughs> it's if it flies, it's going to be huge. Uh, because it's going to be a huge sponsorship, and everybody's going to be walking away from the podium quite, quite smiley and happy, and it's a cool thing. So the whole, the whole entire SKUs organization, from Pro Car to Pro Tour to the Winter Tour, um, is uh, is got some incredible, pr- you know, price structure for, for all of them. So I mean, I look at the stuff, and I look at what we, uh, what we did, you know, what we used to race for, you know, a trophy, and I don't know if there was anything else. Maybe we got to ride in a. Indy car that was 10 years old, but um, <laughs> it's changed a lot for sure. No doubt. So, all right, Tom, second running this year of the Scusa Winter Series and the 10th uh, anniversary, the 10th edition of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. And of course, IKF continues to to stabilize based on what you guys and your staff are doing. Just your final thoughts on, on 2019. Again, our very first podcast of this year. What are your final thoughts as we get ready to head in? Uh, to another year, 23rd Supernats coming around as well. A, a lot of good numbers in terms of, of you know, stability and longevity. Is that kind of a maybe a theme that you, you have, or is it just uh, 
more growth and, and, and more sleepless nights? Well, I mean, the sleepless nights, they come automatically. And, you know, some people smoke pot. I drink wine. So, that you know, I just have a glass of wine, a little jacuzzi, and it kind of puts me up for the night. But, um, you know, I just – this year you're going to see – I want to give more back, and, and that's why we were talking about the, just the value of everything that people are doing. So you're going to see that from pro car to pro tour to, to winter. Two things I do want to mention is, you know, remember that – you know, Supercars USA is, you know, usually you're good for three years, four years. I think max is seven years that we've been here for a while and, and we're, we're trying to, you know, go with the, go with the, the flow and change things that, you know, uh, and, and I like when people email me and tell me like, Hey, we'd like to see this. We'd like to see that. That's how we kind of came up with this, you know, giving some more back and on the podiums. They wanted to see more stuff and so on and so forth. So we're, we're listening to all that. But one more thing I do want to mention before we hang up is, you know, we were a big part of, or we were, I mean, Jared Clawson was a big part of, of, you know, the, the stock shifter, but it had a certain box and it had, I mean, you know, I remember sitting down with a good buddy of you, Jeff, you know, Jeff Franz and even Bonner Moulton, they sat down and looked at me and said, I would fail and I would fail and I would fail. And they even wrote it up in their magazine that I would fail. Uh, this stock motor would never go anything, you know, go anywhere and look how long it went, you know? So with that said, I'm excited, really excited about the new motor. And, um, you know, I'm excited about all the races except for the Supernets because it takes me six to eight months to work on it. I'm just being honest. So, yeah, everybody else is excited about the Supernets. You and Patty are not. No, that's absolutely <laughs> not. But I'm excited about a good year and and um, all the different classes. It's it's going to be good. I mean, we're going to be there's you know from the IKF side and to the Scusa side, pretty much every week, and we're going to be doing something that's going to going to change the you know the carding part of it. So. Well, I'll tell you, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Folks, Tom Kutcher, uh, if, if anything, there is uh, a lot of evolution happening. They are, they're making changes. They're, they're never kind of sitting on their laurels. They're always uh, trying to tr- do new things. Any business like that wants to expand, you want to move out into other territories. And again, that, that's what it comes down to, I think, for a lot of the organizations nowadays in, in our sport is they are businesses and there's mortgages to get paid. There's staff that uh, salaries need to get handled. And it's all about, you know, investing back into the sport. I think at this point here, uh, very excited to see what Supercarts USA does. I know I'm excited to see the SSE, the new IAMI shifter engine out there going wheel to wheel when we get to Homestead for the first two rounds, the Scusa Winter Series. And of course, I think everybody on the East Coast, uh, or rather the West Coast, who is a grassroots racer, very focused on on what we're seeing out of the new IKF. Definitely a new look organization, new mandate, new ideology, and I expect to see a lot of people heading to Pat's Acres, one of the greatest racetracks in North America for the 2019 IKF Grand Nationals. Again, hearing it here first, it will be held at Pat's Acres in late September of 2019. Folks, thank you so much for joining us. Big thank you to Tom Kutcher from Supercarts USA for being with us here on the Industry Insider. Another fantastic podcast kicking off a new season, Podcast One, here on the EKN Radio Network for 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>